1: Welcome, it's Hour 2, it's Backbone Radio, Mad Dunn here, September 17, 2023. Just enjoying chatting with everybody. We'll be right back to the phone line action here momentarily. Last great caller, Mike, was mentioning about, yeah, the oldsters that are out there are still in power. And you do get that sense. And that's how, you know, you kind of get the sense that the ruling class is getting old and they're kind of losing their grip. Yeah, the the people who've been running this country have been running it behind the curtains and in front of the curtains for a long time. But Mitt Romney steps out and says, I'm too old for this. <laughs> yeah, well, he uh, wasn't any good when he wasn't old, in my opinion. Glad to see him make his exuent. Might hit that more later. Mitch McConnell keeps freezing up he's got this rigor mortis problem if you don't know what rigor mortis is look that one up but he seems to freeze up into this state of rigor mortis pretty regularly when he's like in public trying to say something and then he just puckers up and there he is <laughs> it's it is the weirdest thing and it's he he should not be doing this seventy three percent of voters are saying Mitch McConnell needs to Step out of his leadership position. Okay. So yeah, and Biden, I mean, how many times has that guy fallen down, fallen off his bike, fallen going up the stairs to Air Force One, fell at the Air Force Academy, splat, boom, splat, gets lost in the bushes at the White House, can't complete a sentence. You know the the, the thing. Constitution Day is like, yeah, you 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 know the life, liberty, and and you know the thing. Obviously some people make it to 70, 80, 90, 100 and man they're they're solid. And hey, and people know that Trump is solid. He's got the energy that's just amazing. It's just a marvel and Lord, we pray that may continue. Okay. Mitch uh, Nancy Pelosi is by the way Diane Feinstein, she's 90 something and she is just not doing well. And Nancy Pelosi She's gonna run again for her seat again in California. That's I, I think that's like a dying regime. They, they they propping up these these folks keeping them in power and they just overstay their welcome, but that's you know, the ruling class wants them in there and they, they wanted Biden in there, the, the puppeteers behind him. So that's one thought I was having on that. And we're gonna to talk to an individual from down in down Texas way in just a second. And I just thought I'd get this in there that Ken Paxton, that caller Braddon Lakewood has been talking about for quite some time, alerting us about the impeachment going on from the rhino types down in Texas, the rhino Republicans going after their great AG Paxton, who's a MAGA guy, wants to secure the border. So they cock up this uh, this cockamamie impeachment thing. And he's acquitted on all counts, all 15 counts. And they said, oh, he got a kitchen remodeled from a constituent, but it, it, there was no kitchen remodel. That never happened. So there's none of that, and apparently it they they came forward with this, and you see, they, they had nothing, and Paxton beat George P. Bush in that race for AG in Texas, so the Bush family wanted their revenge, and the way this works is, of course, the process is the punishment. They know they don't have anything, but they want to put this guy through hell, and that's that's what the ruling class does. They want to they want to torture anybody who is a problem for their ruling class people. By the way, Trump has dispatched how many of these old institutions in American politics? He's dispatched the Clintons. He's dispatched the Romneys now. He's uh, dispatched the Obamas, right? Well, maybe they'll sneak back in and some way. Maybe they're behind the scenes. But um, he got rid of the McCains, <laughs> did Trump. And so all of these old the the that's a that's a key one. Nice to have them, just the laughing stock. No one, no, everyone just laughs at the Cheneys. They're a punchline at this point. At any rate, uh, so anyway, but the Bushes. I think this could this be the end of the Bush dynasty? You know, they couldn't get there. They couldn't get. But Tony Busby is the uh, pretty. He's a former Marine lawyer for for uh, A.G. Paxton, who's fully reinstated, back to business. I guess he was suspended back in May, I believe, of this year on these allegations. So, Come on. Come on, Bushes. And here's what Tony Busby says. The Bushes got to go back to Maine, because this is Texas. Era
2: in Texas ends today.
1: The Bush era ends.
2: We thought it had ended in the primary when Ken Paxton beat George P. Bush 68 to 32. Well, we thought it was over. It wasn't. Now we have an impeachment. It ends today. They can go back to Maine. This is Texas.
1: This is Texas. Don't mess with Texas. You can go back to Maine, Bushes. And, you know, he had just a little bit more. He was going after the the rhino media. The rhino media. Like they want to turn the state blue. Isn't that amazing? What a
2: joke. I had texts from my former Marine Corps buddies that said, that guy is a joke. To come in here in the Senate of Texas and to get on the stand, and these people sponsored this guy. What a joke he was. And in my view, that's exactly what their entire case has been a joke. Much ado about nothing. The burdens of proof. Look at the burdens of proof, senators, beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, if you decided this case from the Houston Chronicle, the Texas Tribune, Texas Monthly, the Dallas Morning News, oh, my goodness gracious, Ken Paxton's guilty. But there ain't no evidence to support it. The only evidence we have in this case is they don't like Ken Paxton. And there is no doubt. There have been hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of articles about Ken Paxton, how bad Ken Paxton is. Everybody has heard it. And guess what? The voters heard it, too. And guess what? Ken Paxton won hands down, resounding victory.
1: Wow, there you go. That's Ken Paxton's attorney, Tony Busby. And I will just say, now there is a Texan. Now that that is a Texan. And he's got his priorities just about right, in my opinion. Send the Bushes back to Maine. I say that as a lifelong Republican who is just completely sick of the Bushes and the Cheneys and the Romneys and the rest of the Rhinos, the McConnells. Ugh. Folks, you know, um, it's just so strange, you know, that the vast majority of the Republican voters like Trump, but the vast majority of the commentators in the conservative sphere don't like Trump. You see the disconnect? You see how you climb the, climb the ladder? You see how you get up the pole? Yeah, yeah, and you see how the establishment plays ball, try to impeach the MAGA AG in Texas. They're going to just turn the place blue, is what the rhinos are going to try to do, but you know, with people like Tony Busby and Paxton around, I'd like to see more from this Busby guy. That's like I said, a Texan who has the right priorities. Let's say hello to an individual, Gary, down in uh, Fort Worth there. You down in Fort Worth, Gary? I'm near there. Okay. Dr. Dunn, how are you doing? Doing fine and uh did you follow any of that with Paxton? I don't know if that's what you called in about, but did you have any no. eyewitness comments uh about what went on down in your state?
3: I, I just thought it was a lot of B.S. I think we uh,
1: yeah.
3: had some disgruntled people that worked in that office, and uh, I don't know, they made some report to the F.B.I., and they got fired, and then they, they took a settlement after being fired, so. Uh, Do you, you think know, the
1: Bushes a- uh, were involved in it, as Paxton describes? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me neither. No, no. I, oh God! I listen to you often. Dr. Okay. Dan. By the way, I guess I thought I had another few minutes here, but I guess I don't. Could could you hang on through a break? And everyone on the full lines, just hang on. We'll talk to everybody, Gary. If you if you'd be so good as not to depart just yet, because we got to talk. Hang on. It's Backbone Radio. Matt Dunn at your service. Be right after this. The Real Don Steele. Yeah, host Matt Dunn here, Backbone Radio. I pulled that from the Quentin Tarantino soundtrack, this tune, Mrs. Robinson. With The Real Don Steele, that legendary LADJ, setting it up. And back when we could do music on our podcasts, I studied how Don Steele would do that. The Real Don Steele. And I would try to emulate, you know, a little bit. You know, of course, we do it better around here than Don Steele. But yesterday, there I am. I'm listening to the Peter Boyle show, and he was talking about the real Don Steele. He, talk, he just called him Don Steele. He's supposed to call him the real Don Steele. So I'm a little, a little uh, I got to educate my colleague, Peter Boyle's on how you refer to Don Steele. But, uh, you know, icon Peter Boyle's icon Don Steele in radio. Just a little tip, you know, to the great Mr. Boyles. It's the real Don Steele. It's not Don Steele, okay? Just so we're clear. At any rate, we're getting quickly to the phone action. We're talking to Gary in Fort Worth area, Texas. And sorry about my timing mishaps there, but what thoughts are lingering with you, Gary?
3: Dr. Dunn, uh, for a long time I've wondered about these campaign financing laws. Uh, we know that uh, Mr. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, yeah. blew four hundred and some million dollars to uh, install these drop boxes all around wherever, so he could swing the election for Joe Biden. Yep, and, and a lot and of millions. He, uh, I've heard you mention several times the big donors for DeSantis. What what is the deal? I know. uh, uh Dinesh D'Souza was prosecuted uh, by the Obama, Obama administration because he made like $500 too much in campaign <laughs> yeah. financing. Yeah. What? What? What is going on? Who, who can spend hundreds of millions and who can't?
1: Yeah. And I'm not the encyclopedia on that, I will fully admit. But there's PACs and super PACs, you know, political action committees. They run by a different set of rules. They're technically not allowed to coordinate with campaigns, but the DeSantis super PACs have been very explicitly coordinating with the DeSantis campaign because I think they realized that they thought the super PACs had more knowledge and the DeSantis campaign had a bad campaign manager who he cycled out a few of them. Now, I believe he's on the third or fourth one at this point. Um, So all all of that stuff, I mean, there are election lawyers. That's what they do is they, they, they practice and they study election law And they're good at navigating their clients and trying to get the big money into the system as well as they can and as anonymously as they can, so it makes it harder to trace. It's a complete mess in a lot of ways, and it does disadvantage the heartland. Luckily, Trump gets millions upon millions of small donors that send in an average of $35 contribution, which amounts to a lot of millions of dollars. People like DeSantis and the rest of the other Republicans who are in the race, zero percenters, many of them are dependent upon a big donor or two or three or four. And when you get that situation, those big donors who funnel the millions into the super PACs and the PACs, right, you can't do that um, personally to the campaign because there's limits there. I don't know exactly what they are. But uh, that's when the donors own the politicians, okay, right? And the the donor says, hey, I don't like what you said about Ukraine. You better change. And then the politician is like, I will change, you know, as – What's the line that uh, the politician goes up there with all this courage and says and finishes a speech and says, Those are my views. And uh, right. if you don't like them, I'll change them. <laughs>
3: I, that's how I'm it goes. I'm a small donor. Yes. I'm a small donor. That's, that's what I know. But uh, it seems like there, you know, you've heard it time and again during campaigns. We need campaign finance reform. And it's, it's just never happened they're they're pl- pleased with what's going on
1: yeah and and that I am gets not. into free speech right it gets into they equate free speech should be able to you should be able to give as much money as you want to whatever candidate pack you want, and that's one that gets tricky with most of the establishment types, and probably most Republicans end up still agreeing with that and remember John McCain, his campaign finance reform was his big brainstorm back in the day, and did that of course accomplish anything of course not you know. But the way it all works is that the RNC, DNC corporate racket benefits the establishment and the way the funds flow tend to benefit the establishment and advantage oligarchs over the rest of us, I do think, in an unfair and even obscene way. But we're graced with this moment right now where someone like Trump gets so many millions of small donors that they can't mess with that, you know, and he happens to be a billionaire on his own. So if he needs more funds, he can write himself a check, right? and that's legal. That's so right. I'm, anyway, I'm praying for him. Yes. Amen to I'm that. I'm praying for him
3: and I'm I'm praying for you and your family, Dr. Dunn. Oh,
1: so. Gary, down in Texas. I'm so honored to hear that and boy. That that's where it's at. I'm telling you we we we've learned in that. I mean, we always kind of knew, but then now you sort of really know. You know what I mean? Um oh, when man. you get to go there's through been, a bunch of this stuff. So there's been so much exposed. It's it's outrageous. Yes, indeed, sir. Well, I am honored you could check in, Gary, and yeah, uh, thank you for taking time to listen to Colorado Radio. And I like to think, yeah, we we get a lot of <laughs> lot of folks in Texas that will will tune in and call in, and Oklahoma, a lot of the surrounding states. Actually, we, every week, I think we get forty some states that listen. So that's great. I'm, so I'm a Denver native, Doctor
3: Dunn. So okay, I'm, I'm just very discouraged with what they've done to my city.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. in some ways texas might be good for a while until they let it turn blue and then uh i don't that's know right. maybe somewhere else will be better yeah, yeah <laughs> well, I, I might mention something else uh, sure i know you you get
3: you get a caller uh occasionally uh remember his name but he calls about uh greg abbott
1: oh yeah that's uh that's um our our fellow out in lakewood i'm just drawing a blank on his name um And uh, I'll, 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 yeah, Brad, Brad, I don't know. I I mentioned it just a minute ago.
3: Yeah. Brad, you know, know, uh, it's over a year ago, almost a year and a half now, that several of these officials along our Texas border with Mexico uh, asked uh, Governor Abbott to declare an invasion. Yeah. You know, it's a a letter uh, uh, proclaiming an invasion and governor abbott wouldn't do it and that's what we've had that's uh, for what two and a half years now it's an invasion
1: yep the whole country has texas in particular you're down there on the front lines gary and arizona california oh man and the establishment they won't tell you the truth but they want the wide open border democrats emphatically want it because they can register these people as voters somehow that's happening in my opinion and uh the corporate Republicans you know want the labor force and so forth, and they also don't mind you know if the if the country goes blue altogether but uh yeah, the governor down there has has not been impressive in my opinion, but a g Paxton has been the one that's I think most commendable down there, and look what they've tried to do to him, but it didn't work, but they put him through a lot, nice. which is sure is irritating. Anyway, well, Gary, you stay close with us, sir. All the best to you. Carry on. Let's be saying hello to uh, Mark in Denver. Hello, Mark. Welcome.
4: Yeah, hi, Dr. Dunn. Um, How are you today?
1: Doing all right.
4: Hey, you had mentioned um, a couple of people, uh, Tucker Carlson and, uh, of course, uh, dementia Joe Biden, and uh, a.k.a. uh, Biden demonics everything he touches to hell yeah, goes to hell. Seems and, like um, it. Yeah, there was an interview. I don't know if you mentioned it. Um, it was with Tuckle Carlson and a guy uh, called uh, Larry. Um,
1: yeah, uh, Sinclair. Larry Sinclair. Sinclair.
4: Right. And then just what it says in a nutshell pretty much gives everybody an idea, but you can actually go and, and watch that interview. It just says on September 7th, in an exclusive interview with Chuck Carlson, an American commentator, author Larry Sinclair, revealed that he had gay sex with former U.S. President Barack Obama twice in the year
1: 1999.
4: Yep. He also claimed that Obama snorted cocaine with him and had no problem with engaging in gay sex. So apparently Obama was doing that long before he met this guy, and Sinclair was from Colorado at that time.
1: Oh, I didn't know so, that. So, it, yeah. okay.
4: So if, so if you're wondering where all this gay sex, all the drag queens, all these transgender mutilation of children.
1: Interesting, Mark. That's
4: coming from. That.
1: There we go. That is the Take On Me version by Weezer. I don't know. Does Weezer do it better in this case, Blake? I don't know. Got an opinion on this one? Uh, Rivers hits that note. I'll admit that he does. The general rule of thumb is Weezer does it better, but who was the band that did this originally? Was it Aha? Aha. Uh, I think they were Aha. Remember the music video? I don't. They're like Swedish or something. And yeah, there. Hear that note? That's the note. You got to hit that. I could not hit that note. I bet you could hit that note. (laughs) Ah, Blake, you could hit that note. Maybe if I get hit in the nards, I can hit that (laughs) note. (laughs) Yeah, we'll try not to let it come to that around here tonight. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we did hit the wall um, talking to our last caller, and sometimes we just do that. I have the hard breaks, but I, I I think caller Mark got his point in. Yeah, the Larry Sinclair interview with Tucker Carlson, which I noticed that one somehow didn't get quite the uh, amount of millions and millions and millions of views as other Tucker interviews get. So I just I kind of wonder if that one was squelched somehow by the, by the tech people, maybe have some way to minimize what they want to minimize. At any rate, yeah. I was just trying to look up – we did float the question about uh, Evans, Governor John Evans, this Mount Evans to Mount BS or Mount Blue Sky. And apparently – uh Evans was uh, one of the founders of the Illinois Republican party, party due to his belief that slavery was wrong and became a personal friend of Abraham Lincoln after he campaigned for Lincoln in 1860. So Lincoln appointed Evans on March 26, 1862, as the second governor of the Territory of Colorado. Okay, that's back before we were a state. At that time, we were just a meager territory. But it doesn't say explicitly, but I presume Evans was a Republican uh, because the slavery issue was the biggest of the day at that time, and Evans was anti-slavery, had a belief that slavery was wrong. And I haven't looked into, in recent... uh, you know, time frame, what it was that John Evans did that um, was so bad that the mountain had to be renamed Mount Blue Sky. But we talked about that a bit in the first hour, but I thought I would do an addendum on that one. And I've got so much to be talking about, but the phone lines just keep being so darn hot that we better keep talking. And Brian, in our WADA Thanks for checking in, Brian. Doctor How are Dunn. you, sir? Yes, greetings. I am good. How are you this evening, sir? I'm holding my own. Indeed.
5: You know, I, I was just thinking to myself, thank God. I mean, I've been in perpetual anger for like 40 years of this Mount Evans. Finally, somebody came in and changed it.
1: Yeah, you prefer the Mount Blue Sky. Uh, some people are calling it Mount BS. I think you must be kind of happy about this, right, Brian?
5: Well it's been on my forethoughts for a long time, you know. It's really been troubling me. It's uh you know, it's ruined my life at this point. You know so thank God these you know, these people uh are, are working for us. You know, they're really doing a good job is what I'm thinking.
1: They're responding to you, Brian, in Arvada. They they know what you want and they uh they accepted the challenge. They accepted the mission. And now well, it's I Mount B. Yeah.
5: You know, I was going to start taking public transportation, but in like the last week or two, like three people got stabbed on it. So you know, they don't have to worry about that though. That'll work itself out. We got we got to deal with Mount Evans at this point.
1: Okay, that's that's actually more significant, right? To rename a mountain rather than address the security and safety of the uh, you know residents of Denver metro area, right? Getting on mass transit.
5: Well, you know, it's going to make me feel better, yeah, and stuff like that. So that's what know, it's about. You Fe- better? I don't need safety. That's just that's just a side gig. Who cares about that?
1: Right, safety? Eh, you know, safety schmafety. But if Brian and Arvada feels better about a name change for a mountain peak, that that sells me on it, totally.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I'm thinking it was on just not my mind. Maybe there was a lot more people just like me. Is, is oh, I, th- I think that.
1: millions, millions, Brian. I think you are speaking for millions of concerned Colorado citizens who have been very distraught by the name Mount Evans for that peak that graces our skyline for a long time. It's It's almost been insufferable, I think, for millions. Would you agree?
5: Well, I, I think you're onto something on that one. I wish they would call in and and, and you know, like me, display their uh, yes, you know their their gratitude for what what these people have done. Well, you're the I tip mean, of the spear. That's the way they could yeah. do. Yeah,
1: you're, you're you're the one with the courage. So I think uh, yeah, we've got that one settled. But I don't know did you did you have another issue on your mind, or was it pretty much this Mount Evans thing scenario? situation
5: well you know on friday old george had a you know he had a sit-in so and i won't name his name but he was living 60 years ago so i was like well you know we got enough going on now that i kind of want to keep up with the current stuff yeah So i turned to another station yes i did abandon you guys just for a while though okay and you came uh, back you came back welcome I, back i did come back. welcome back so, brother
1: brian we missed you
5: Briefly. But anyhow, they, this guy that I happened to listen to said, well, you know what? I'm going to try to understand the left today. I'm just going <laughs> to let them call in and uh, explain themselves. And they did call in. And I got to tell you guys, these guys are the most uninformed idiots on earth. I mean, they're they're straight stupid. But he let them, you know, spelt. They're, they're like Buck. They can't quite figure out why, you know. China's flying balloons around, why grandkids have got bank accounts. But, you know, they they can't quite figure out the connection there. They're they're a little lost on that one.
1: Right, yeah. No evidence that Biden was bribing, extorting, or profiting by millions from his position as vice president, funneling it to his kids. Even though Hunter Biden was, like, sending letters to uh, people with money around the world, you know, hey, I'm sitting here right next yeah. to my dad. My dad is right here. Do you doubt me? Do you doubt my dad's sitting right next to me? Do you doubt me on that?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Buck can't quite figure it out, you know. Yeah. we got to go with Buck. He is our representative. Even though he won't come on a local station, he'll go on CNN, CSNBC. He won't actually come on a local station and talk to the people that voted to him. But, you know, that Ken, he, hey, he kind of knows a lot and whatnot. Brian, Ken Buck
1: represents the cnn viewer very well i think and um you know say you're in congress say you're rep you know elected by the people of colorado and you know you go out to dc who would you represent wouldn't you want to represent the people that watch cnn um there's like a few of them still that watch cnn Wouldn't it's easier to represent cnn than represent the people that voted for you don't you think brian really? i mean it's an well, easy I call think
5: he's reached out now to be fair This is the reddest district in Colorado, but I'm thinking, he's thinking, well, these guys are, you know, rolling with CNN in the day, so I'm just going to go on CNN, and I could really reach out to him and uh, explain it all.
1: Yeah, I think so, but, you know, Ken Buck, after all we've been through, and all these hoaxes, and all the deep state predation against Donald Trump, the spying on his campaign, the rest of it, he goes out and says, Christopher Ray of the FBI is doing his very best. He's doing the best he can. <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: and, and then he, he just is not persuaded. And it's not the best timing for Ken Buck. I mean, he comes on and says, hey, I, I, I don't support an impeachment inquiry. And then two days later, there goes Kevin McCarthy stealing, you know, uh, the momentum that Buck had been putting into play on CNN to block any impeachment. And, I mean, uh-huh. there goes McCarthy undermining his colleague Buck. I I, I don't know. Is that was that well, distressing? Just when
5: I thought it could get no worse, then they come out with some letterhead trying to tell everybody how to report this story. And guess whose name's on the very top of it? It's old <laughs> Kenny himself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't make this stuff up. We live in nutcase society. This yeah, The main point stupidity. is they're
1: saying there's no evidence. No evidence. And no. the media loves to use that phrase, no evidence. No evidence. Like, you know, election 2020. You have no evidence. No evidence of this or that. But remember, it was Adam Schiff that said, oh, I have seen evidence that uh, Trump's colluding with Putin to win the 2016 election. I've seen. And then people said, well, could you produce that evidence, uh, Schiff? Could you produce it? You know, Whip it out of your pocket, produce the evidence. And he never did. Years went by. He never did because he never had it, right? No evidence. You see how this works, Brian. Do you see well,
5: where, how this works? Where are Ken Buck's handlers at this point? I mean, what are they thinking? I mean, he's got to fire this whole crew. They're going, no, hey, they're in Ken, the green room at CNN, man. You go on CNN, you go on CSNBC. They're in the green room. They're going really to go really on it.
1: Ken Buck's going back to CNN ASAP. There we go, a band called The Sundays. Here's where the story ends. Backbone Radio, Mad 303-696-1971. Thanks for the text, to studio. My goodness, we had a vote for Aha! Uh-huh, does It Better Than Weezer. But yet another individual said there's a street band on YouTube that does it better, which means maybe not... A bunch of Weezer fans in the house tonight. Fair enough. And by the way, I was, yeah, I was, I was researching Governor Evans, and though he was a anti-slavery Republican, by the way, he was a founder of Northwestern University and the University of Denver as well. Interesting. I attended Northwestern University myself, um, but yeah, his his involvement in the Sand Creek Massacre. That's that's egregiously bad. We just have to be clear on that. That was a very 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 bad one, and I have walked the land down there, and I have family actually that lives down there, and I've been listening to uh, some of my my own ancestors talk, um, with uh, personal uh, awareness, uh, talking to the people who were around there at the time, and say that that really was awful, and. We all know that, and there's a there's you know monuments about, about that, and so just so we're clear, that that Sand Creek massacre was a very bad scene, um, and but that is a separate question: Is do we want to be a part of this this effort to rewrite history and so forth? And that that's one of the things that the progressive movement seems to relish, and um, like a caller was saying uh you know a a native american leader recently said you know it, it doesn't change history we cannot change history and it cannot be undone what happened at sand creek so just so we're clear about about all of that information now one thing i wanted to get to is uh there's a uh, Stephen Schmidt. Are you familiar with this individual? He ran the, uh, was one of the top people in the McCain 2008 campaign. He was also involved in, uh, oh, the George W. Bush 2004 campaign. He's a good friend of Karl Rove. And um, by the way, Karl Rove was writing in the Wall Street Journal about a month ago, exactly a month ago, that Paxton in Texas is doomed. It's the beginning of the end for Paxton. Paxton's about out of there, which is why we're saying it's kind of a Bush family thing that, you know, Rove goes after Paxton in the Wall Street Journal. Rove and Bush, you know, uh, good buddies, the Bush dynasty, right? But uh, anyway, Steve Schmidt says that, oh, golly, you know, if Trump gets elected, he's going to dismantle the government and he's going to take down... The government is going to have all these Trump appointees in there who are going to uh, not be nice to the government. Schmidt also was on the Schwarzenegger campaign, good old Arnold Schwarzenegger. And let's just hear him say this. And does anybody, how how do people react to this when when you hear this?
2: Already plans are afoot. If Donald Trump wins that thousands of his appointees will come into office, and they will strip bare the federal government. They will disassemble the government of the United States. They will operationally make it unable to function at any level. These people are nihilists. The people who assaulted the Capitol will be the people inside the government, tearing it down, taking it apart.
1: Hmm. Now, does that does that worry anybody to think that uh, that could happen? And by the way, this is some kind of a strange fantasy, and it's strange coming from an ostensible Republican, of course, a friend of Karl Rove's. I remember, do you remember back around the year 2000 when George W. Bush was running for the presidency, that they said the exact same thing, that George W. Bush is going to get elected and he's going to dismantle the government. He's going to... Fire everybody who works for the government. You know what I mean? It's it's this same old argument usually made by the left. But sometimes rhino types like to make this argument. Steve Schmidt here doing this. And of course, it's not going to happen. Um, but of course, there's a lot of people out there who wish it would happen. Okay? But I, I see this kind of thing as uh, as an effort to mobilize people who are wedded to the government and respect the government and love the government and depend upon the government to uh be at maximum energy to try to vote against Donald Trump in the general election 2024 okay so it's it's again it's it's, it's a, this fantasy argument but they 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 like to make it for some reason um but i think you know they'd like to portray Trump as running for revenge. Trump is running to, for to revenge against the government. <sighs> and where, I mean, where do you go with that one? They spied on his campaign. They lied about him. They attacked all of his kids. They've didn't put his wife on any cover of any magazine for the entire Trump term. Um, they treated Trump. They you know you, you know the whole story because you've listened to Backbone Radio for about like what eight years. Of us documenting all of this. Um, it's not vengeance, shall we say, but it is a need to clean up the corruption of the deep state and the ruling class, meaning to put the hands back in the power, put the power back in the hands of the people of this country as our Constitution provides for us. This being Constitution Day, as we talked about earlier we would like to emphasize that the Constitution is the seminal human-written document that has, that has really been a godsend to this republic and allowed a middle class to thrive and allowed this country to become something, a marvel to the world. Now, I'll talk about Argentina here in, a, in the next segment, about how Argentina and America, a little over 100 years ago, we're pretty similar countries with similar geographies and abundant natural resources. And America, with its constitution, went one way, and obviously that was the right way. And Argentina went another way, and this Javier Millet, who's running for the presidency of, of Argentina right now, said that it was like a little over 100 years ago that Argentina started to become a socialist and was seduced by the socialist argument. They went socialist, and that country has been a basket case for about 100 years, and it's a very major basket case right now. But uh, America is a basket case right now. But, boy, we've had a lot better 100 years than Argentina has, okay? So just wanting to reinforce some of these points that – you know, the constitutionally speaking, and, you know, does Trump want vengeance? Does Trump deserve vengeance against all that the arrests and the mugshots and the lies and the impeachments and the hoaxes? Well, yes, I would say he does. And the people that are perpetuating these atrocities are the people that not elected to power. Well, some of them probably were, you know, with the impeachments. But the the, the deep state behind all of this is the problem and is what's preventing us from being a constitutional republic in which the power is in the hands of the people and what the people say goes. And so that, to me, if we cannot overcome this problem, which is why the stakes are so high for 2024, the election, you know, uh, you know, are we headed down that road to Argentina? Seems like we're kind of on it right now. The hyperinflation, the Miserable economic dis- distribution curves, the, the the middle class that is not thriving at all, and um, puts power in the hands of the the few that do, the oligarchs. Yeah. More on this when we come back. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio.